You Want It Darker by Ms. Chunks. Chapter 31, Turnabout. Summary. As Awa discovers things he barely knew he didn't know. Dr. Awai is with a patient, or so reads the sign on her door that's been added underneath the larger Do Not Disturb sign she taped to the middle of it. This means Aizawa and Hitoshi have to wait, and that means it's only a matter of time before they've reunited with Tama and slipped out back the police station for a quickie stress smoke. Not for Hitoshi, but hell if Aizawa can shake him off at this point. The bad habit is clearly starting to catch as well, because Hitoshi cheekily adds, Can I have a drag? As he watches Aizawa and Tamakawa put their health into reverse. They've encouraged this habit horribly in one another recently. Aizawa won't even try to deny it. No, Aizawa answers sternly. Oh, go on, he's just a kid. Tama chuckles counteractively. Exactly. Aizawa delivers with the subtleties of a brick to the temple. He'll hate it. Tama keeps lobbying like he works for a cigarette company or something. The best way to stop him being curious is to let him try. Then you share with him. Aizawa says grouchily, not believing that Tama will actually do it. More the fool him, because Tama finishes an inhale-exhale cycle and reaches out like he's actually about to offer the smoke to Hitoshi, until Aizawa whips out a piece of his capture weapon and knocks a cigarette from Tama's sneaky feline fingers. Hey! Hitoshi and Tama call in unison while the cigarette falls to the floor, still smoking. Not until you're 20, Aizawa cites crisply if you must. Which he shouldn't. And since when did you start giving a fuck about the law? Hitoshi accuses sourly, annoyed about being denied something as teenage curiosity and roster of a bad role models have turned into an allure instead of a health hazard. Since it applies to you. As our replies like a true grump, maybe he should start to cut back on the smoking. Or at least make an attempt not to be such a garbage example for Hitoshi to follow. More so for knowing the influence he holds. Bullshit! Hitoshi challenges, while Thomas stamps on the sick dropped cigarette and pulls out a fresh one. Aizawa would have picked that up off the ground before, but not now. Not unless he was desperate, which he isn't. Of course... As I was flexed the laws around whether Hitoshi can legally use his quirks so much that they could be used as a trampoline by a class full of kids at an out-of-control birthday party. But this is different. Being around their secondhand smoke is bad enough. So for as much of a hypocrite as it makes him, Aizawa is not going to be the one who enables Hitoshi getting hooked on such a bad habit. Not on purpose, anyway. Your mother will kill me. Aizawa tries instead. And Atoshi hates that one even more, especially in front of Tama. Then don't tell her, Hitoshi taunts. But Aizawa just gives him a dead stare, straight through the wisps of his straight through the wisps of his hypocrite's cigarette as it smokes away between his fingers. Aizawa takes a long breath, almost finishing his smoke in a single fuck it all drag, and then blows out a huge cloud before breaking into a cough. <laughs> That'll do it, no doubt. I said no. It's been a while, but just because Aizawa doesn't always use the authority slipped in his back pocket doesn't mean it's not there. 
or that he won't get it out when he needs to. Hitoshi scowls, and then pouts, and when neither of those works, does the grown-up thing and gets over it. He likes pushing boundaries, and Aizawa isn't so foolish as to not know what Hitoshi's really after when he asks to be enabled to do things he's not allowed to. Aizawa might let him get away with a lot, but he's got to take some responsibility, and even prodigious boys like Hitoshi need discipline now and again. So tell me about my beloved childhood home. Hitoshi turns to Tama and lets his voice drain like spilled wine running off the edge of a table. Did they shit in any of the rooms? Tama looks temporarily blindsided, then figures this is what Hitoshi is always going to be like when it comes to dealing with this barbaric topic that's so close it's literally home. And then some. Tama replies coarsely puffing away on his predicament cigarette for the one he lost trying to be a bad influence on Hitoshi. Ah. And then some, Tama replies coarsely, puffing away on his replacement cigarette for the one he lost trying to be a bad influence on Hitoshi. Which is usually Aizawa's thing. What about the study? Hitoshi presses like maybe he's not just picking scabs for the hell of it, and it makes sense he'd know where the most significant places on the estate are. Tama, however, is just a cop who went along with the detective to the Shinso family estate. For security, probably. Aizawa wonders if Yamaguchi went with them too, or if this is really just a Sakachi and Tama kind of thing. It seems like it might be. Study? Tama's eyes narrow. Above the lecture theater, it was also his lab and clinical practice. Hitoshi explains impatiently. Where all your cop buddies died? Tama doesn't like that one bit, but it gets the picture across all right. Oh, there. Tom is much quieter now, so much that the hiss of his cigarette as he burns the acrid tobacco seems loud in the alley. There was something, now you mention it. Aizawa gets that feeling again, the one of something important that's just on the tip of Tama's sandpapery tongue. He hasn't felt it to find out, but it only makes sense. Place was all done up like a fucking shrine, Hitoshi supplies for him, like the one in Shioko's apartment. But this is her home away from home, and Hitoshi's former home. Yeah, if Crack Den's head temples, Tama replies unpleasantly. Looks like they'd been dug in for a while. A few of the junkies were still in there. The ones who all OD'd, it goes without saying. Still had the needles in their goddamn arms. Or maybe it does merit saying. How many? Hitoshi asks solemnly, like there's a tally he keeps somewhere of how many lives have been sunk into that cursed place. Four. Tama returns in equal measure. Wouldn't be much of an aspiring detective if he didn't hang on to something as simple as count the dead bodies. Was there anything written on the wall? Aizawa adds to the fray, already itching with what he thinks he's about to find out. The only real question is, how much? Yeah, Tama replies only half suspiciously, but he's used to Aizawa's mysterious ways by now and presses on. 80% mind, written up three feet high. Tama's answers are always thorough, his reports equally capable. 
he'll be a good detective eventually. Next to the the place where my dad made your guy write death is freedom in his own blood all those years ago, right? Hitoshi interjects, fulfilling his part in the creep Tama the fuck out special the pair of them are running today. Unsurprisingly, Tama looks suitably weirded out. That place is massive. How'd you know it was there? It must be frustrating for Tama, almost allowed into this case he found, only to be met at every turn by a surly know-it-all teenager. Hitoshi just mutters, His study is where all the magic happened. If by magic, Hitoshi means torture and experimentation on children, then sure, Hitoshi's hit the nail right on the head. His body language is shut up tighter than a coffin, hands stuffed in his pockets and shoulders high, half-lidded gaze closer to the gutter than any of their faces. Hitoshi obviously knows more than anyone would need to about the Shinso family estate, but if he's settling, but if he's setting down flags, they're wise not to venture past. It's not Aizawa or Tama's place to cross those boundaries. It must be tough for Hitoshi to balance the trauma of what he's been through with unearthing the information that helps them get closer to the killer. Even with Aizawa, the chances of hitting a landmine are no lesser when encroaching on such dangerous space. Aizawa doesn't even know why Hitoshi's so keen to see Awaya, if it's connected to this or something else entirely. Patient or not, he's itching to find out. You sure it was 80%? Aizawa queries, taking a little focus off Hitoshi for the meantime. Am I sure? Yeah. Tama answers curtly, defensive of his work, which is only natural. Aizawa takes it as his cue to go, putting his cigarette out of its misery and resolving not to have any more today. <laughs> See how well that goes. Maybe Awai is finished by now. He coaxes Hitoshi with a jerk of his head, leaving Tama to finish in the alley with just a business-focused nod. They climb the stairs because fuck the lift, and Aizawa spends every second of it thinking about asking Hitoshi what he wants with Awaya, without actually coming around to saying it. These things seem to happen like mirages, passing fever dreams in which they stood in the morgue and Hitoshi decided that this was what he wanted. So, like following the gentle sways of a divining rod in search of water, Aizawa's charted their path according to Hitoshi's design. Which is a weird way to approach a case, but this is a fucking weird case. Maybe it's indulging Hitoshi, but if it gets results, what the hell does Aizawa care? In fact, by the time he's gotten to the door, shoulder to shoulder with Hitoshi, he doesn't know that he's sure of anything. The sign has thankfully been taken down. Though all... They've all been through a lot together recently, but Atoshi still raises a knuckle to rap on the door before just barging in. From inside, Owaya's voice rings out like a tuning fork. Enter. Hitoshi opens the door, Aizawa following as he heads in to find Owaya behind her desk attending some notes. Ah, uh, to think I would get through a normal day of work without seeing you two. She remarks without looking up from a page, which is a little offish, but this is Owaya they're talking about. Her preferred distance for other people seems to be set perpetually at arm's length. But Aizawa gets that. Please sit down. Have they told you about the dead junkies? Hitoshi opens like the first order of the, at the start of a particularly large lunch line at the deli. Hello, Hitoshi. 
Hawaii is yet to look up, though no doubt she's aware of the comfortable way Hitoshi crosses the room and flops into the chair in front of her desk. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Finally, she lifts her gaze, though only as far as to grace Hitoshi's presence right in front of her. Izawa lurks somewhere more towards the back, an understated shadow in the room. Just how he likes it. Dad's old clinic. The whole house, I guess. Had a bunch of druggy squatters living there. Hitoshi unspools like barbed wire. They all overdosed. On purpose, I think. Aizawa has a thought about case confidentiality before deciding that it won't be an issue. Some logical ping returned from one of the many layers of caretaker programming he's running simultaneously. One of Hawaii's important services in her position for the police is counseling, as well as her specializing in all things mentalist. Maybe that's the reason Aizawa hasn't been pushing for just why Hitoshi wants to see her so much. Because what if it's just because he needs to talk about it? Not just with Aizawa, but with a trained doctor, one who knows. Someone who understands what Hitoshi has been through by having gone through something like it herself. Dr. Awaya has been trained to handle these matters in Dr. Awaya has been trained to handle these matters in all manner of ways that Aizawa mostly bullshits his way through as a teacher. For all the hands-on experience and doing his best Aizawa puts in with Hitoshi, there's definitely no substitute for a specialist. Aizawa might be a pro-hero, but Awaya is a pro at handling mental, and mentalist, trauma. And getting Hitoshi connected with the right experts is just another thing Aizawa can do to help him grow. Maybe Awaya well, has got wind of that too, because she simply folds her hands together on top of her notebook, face as flawless and still as marble as she tries so hard to be made of. I see. You remember it. Hitoshi isn't asking, or even using his court to guide Awaya through some ethereal mind palace of the past as it exists in memory, but the effect is almost the same. His study. Unassuming name for a house of horrors. That's a sure, that's surely the point. I do. Awaya's got an admirable sense of pacing, in which even... I do. Awaya's got an admirable sense of pacing, in which even her silence seems meaningful enough to say something, lasting until the important moment of quiet has passed and the world is ready for sound again. Is there something you want to talk about? I wish they bulldozed the place, Hitoshi reveals resentfully. Aizawa leans until his back touches the wall behind him. Maybe they're going to be here a while. Should have burned that shit heap to the ground the second he got put away. It's just a building. A wise voice is gentle, like settling a blanket around shivering shoulders. Normally it's the kind of thing that would put Aizawa off immediately, this softening around the school of hard knocks. But this is different. The things they're going through are strange, and Hitoshi's just a teenager. An incredible one, sure, but... That makes it even more important to recognize he's young. As I was seen it plenty, the most brilliant kids are often the most fragile. As I was urged to look out for the kids he teaches is one thing, something he's familiarized himself with over the years. 
And there's some of that instinct right now. But with Hitoshi, there's also a lot more. Things that don't sit inside any particular set of lines. Aizawa can be, and is almost criminally afflicted with, as it happens, soft for him. Hitoshi looks up from his hands to take a Waya square in his gaze. A building that's claimed the lives of what? 30 people now? Hitoshi's tone darkens a shade more. And that's not even the worst of what went on there. No. Awaya's agreement is small but monumental. The swell that comes after it indicates the underwater earthquake that shook the ocean bed many years before. It truly isn't. Hitoshi gives her a hard look, and then with a certain teenage brashness says, He couldn't touch you, right? And doesn't stop to let Awaya actually give a response she's obviously not likely to give. Not her. That'd make it hard for him to do the kind of thing that usually went on with his assistance. Hawaii is unflinching, which, if Aizawa knows anything about her, could mean she's unaffected or positively reeling. The detached, clinical cut of her tone makes him think it's something in between. The scar left behind after heavy surgery, still aching in the rain all these years later. He found ways to accommodate that. Hitoshi has a lot of his own trauma to hide, too, and perhaps it's his instinct not to be vulnerable that makes him dig it a while like this, to share how they were both victimized, albeit in different ways. Yeah, I bet he did. Hawaii is gracious, but not a charity. What did you come here to talk about, Hitoshi? Other than picking at her war wounds like it makes up for avoiding his own. I used to cry just thinking about having to go in there. Hitoshi lets out like letting poison from a wound. Knowing what was going to happen, sometimes I... He speaks in uneven, shunting confessions, breath catching like fabric snags on a rough surface. Still wake up hearing his voice, telling me to do things. Oh, I, Aizawa's heart thumps like the bounce of a mallet against the skin of a drum. He's damn lucky to even be in this room right now, but then again, he's good at turning into wallpaper. Like a large lake on a completely still day, where the surface of the water has turned into an exact mirror of the landscape around it, Awaya remains perfectly composed. What kind of things? Hurt people? Hurt myself? Hitoshi murmurs. If Aizawa had a gun pressed to Dr. Shinso's temple right now, he'd have already pulled that trigger, swatter all 100% of his brains across the tired office carpet tiles. It goes away, but I wonder if it'll ever stop. Do you think if they pulled the building down, that would make it stop? Awaya puts to him, and if it were that easy, Aizawa would tear the place down brick by brick. Probably not, Hitoshi answers lowly, but picks up a little when he adds, Worth a try, though. I feel like the, I feel like the detective may take issue with that. 
Awaya replies just wryly enough to slice a layer off the thick tension in the room. Thank you for telling me about the other victims, Hitoshi. I appreciate it. Maybe she does, but Aizawa can't be sure. It's probably one of those things that no one wants to know, but having the knowledge feels safer than leaving it to the wind. Shioko also found out about Ma, about me and my Ma, Hitoshi continues a little more smoothly. Sakachi's checking out the letter she sent, but it basically just says we're in her sights. Oh. A flicker of light and warmth passes over Awaya, like sun coming through clouds on a day in early spring. I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. We used to get much worse, Hitoshi mutters. I thought you might want to know if she's targeting people the doc used to... love, in Dr. Shinso's words, torment in their own. Thank you, Hitoshi. She says gracefully. You don't need to worry about me. Aizawa understands the broad strokes of what's going on here, if not the finer details. Survivor trauma works like that sometimes, and some find it easier to worry about other people rather than themselves. Aizawa mostly worries about everyone. I hope not. Hitoshi replies a little with a little more warmth, a little less wound tight tension that makes him seem like a watch spring ready to snap. Azawa remembers Kiki's observation about her son, about how easy he is to love. No wonder Awaya is falling into those well-populated ranks. Awaya must know better than anyone what kind of horrors Hitoshi has been through, and how incredible he has turned out in spite of it. She's literally read his mind, knows his morals and values, that despite that desperate desire he feels to be a hero against all obstacles. Awaya has experienced those beliefs as if they were her own, so it's no small wonder that she's so fond of him, even after they got off to a slightly rocky start. I have another appointment soon. Is there anything you wanted to discuss? Awaya, anything else you wanted to discuss? Awaya goes back to her notebook. This one looks more like a planner than the heavy-lined books she makes notes in. Not hurrying on, uh, not hurrying on in blunt terms, but ensuring if there's more Hitoshi wants to get through, he better get on with it now. Aizawa wonders if they need to arrange a regular session with her and Hitoshi. Something for the shelf in the back of his mind. See what Kiki says about it. Which is another reminder. Take Kiki's number from Hitoshi so we can call her and check in on her status. He's still got no idea what Kiki does for a living, whether it might expose her to any risk. The mental shelf's quite crowded by this point. Yeah. Thankfully, Hitoshi's got his mind on current business. Do you think Shioko's quirk could become active from the moment she starts writing her name on someone? Maybe Hitoshi did have reasons for coming here beyond comfort after all. Sometimes Aizawa is not sure which one of them is leading this case. If he's just the enabler, a baby crawling in comparison to the long strides of these experienced mentalists. I believe it could be possible. Awaya responds, responds authoritatively. There seems to be a connection between how many times she writes her name 
and the strength of her hold, so it would make sense that ability is active from the moment she first begins to write. Aizawa thinks it'd explain why Shioko has been able to write her name on some of these people so easily. If they're going under from the moment she puts a pen, or worse, to their skin. Hitoshi has another question. Do you think she's getting stronger? Awaya considers this one for longer. Yes, she must be. Hitoshi seems glum. I thought so. That 80% on the wall in the Shinso estate certainly seems to reflect Shioko's own belief in her growing mastery of her deadly quirk. But what that means to Hitoshi, and why it's brought him here with such insistence, is the more appetizing morsel. You said you could help me yesterday, with my quirk. This is new to Aizawa, an offer that must have been made between Awaya and Hitoshi during their close conference yesterday, before taking a trip down Nightmare Lane. If you would like me to. Awaya answers primly, while Aizawa picks himself off the wall and takes a step back into the arena. Help how? The combination of my training and quirk gives me a detailed understanding of how mentalist quirks function. Awaya answers methodically, her gaze still trained on Hitoshi. I can help to refine and strengthen them, even examine the areas someone is able to expand into within the broader mentalist landscape. Expand? Aizawa takes another step closer, slipping back into the conversation like lukewarm bathwater. Since Satoshi is the child of two people with mentalist quirks, the abilities he has inherited from Dr. Shinso are evident. However, there's a good possibility that some degree of his mother's quirk has been passed on as well. Awaya explains, and it's like Aizawa's heard this before, even though it's the first time such words have ever been spoken out loud. It also means Awaya knows all about Kiki, which is a casual revelation to drop in the ocean with the rest of the crashing surf. There are also some deeper abilities that seem to be open to most mentalist quirk users, regardless of the exact type. Isn't that one of Dr. Shinso's theories? Aizawa says, knowing damn well it is, although the mechanics of quirk inheritance are well established in other fields, though it follows that fusions among physical quirks are better understood than mentalist, as with the respective fields on the whole. That's correct, Awaya affirms calmly, while Atoshi is a little combative in his response. Just, cause dad, just because dad's a deranged mass murderer doesn't mean he's wrong about everything. Hitoshi pauses for a savage moment before he bitterly adds, Unfortunately. And if Aizawa hasn't felt that divisive urge before, hating how horribly right the doc is about something, a truly mad genius, for what it's worth. Then Aizawa puts one foot square into it by asking, Is that the reason for the thing you do? Hitoshi looks puzzled. What thing? When you, uh... Azawa realizes he has absolutely no way to describe the thing he's thinking of. The scattered handful of times he thinks Hitoshi might have done something Aizawa can't explain. 
He spends more time around Hitoshi than most, so it makes sense he's one the one to have caught those moments. But hell if he's got a clue how to articulate something he's barely aware of. But Hitoshi and Awai are watching him expectantly, so Izao is forced to continue. It's a buzz, or kind of like... static. You feeling okay, Teach? Hitoshi jokes. You can't be so old your hearing's gone just yet. Piss off. Aizawa grunts to Hitoshi's apparent delight. Cranky. Hitoshi's grinning like a jackal over its next meal, needing something, anything, to keep him going. Did someone keep you up all night? More like someone Aizawa kept up all night, but that's not the point. I've been meaning to ask. Hawaii starts perfectly cordial, because to her, what she's saying isn't notable at all. But she's looking right at Aizawa now, maybe even the first time she's actually fixed him right in that statuesque gaze since he set foot in this room. Have you considered exploring your own mentalist aptitude? Mine? Aizawa queries like a rush of ocean water this suggestion throws us up a wave striking water-carved rocks and throwing spray in wild directions. But I'm not... And then he thinks, is he? What, are you in denial? Hitoshi's relishing in this. Afraid to be one of us? It almost violently occurs to Aizawa that the only person in here who thinks he's not a mentalist is himself. And even that's a shaky belief at best. But my quirk works on physical, oh, works on physical and mental quirks, Hitoshi interjects. If Aizawa's quirk had no mentalist synergy, he wouldn't be able to erase the Shinso brainwashing or Awaya's touch telepathy quirk. Aizawa knows that, but he didn't think about what it might mean. While your quirk has a physical manifestation through your eyes, that may only be symptomatic of a predominantly mentalist quirk in action. Why sounds like she's talking around Aizawa as he sits inside a glass case, on show in front of a lecture hall of eager students. Your suppression of my own quirk, at least in my experience, is entirely mental. Mine too. Hitoshi chips in, swerved around in his chair to fix Aizawa with an accusatory stare. What did you think your quirk was? Aizawa doesn't self-reflect an awful lot. Not like this, at least. In defaults to the only reference that comes to mind. The registration forms at the Quirk Bureau, included as part of the Renewing Hero licenses. I usually just tick other, he replies simply, which has Hitoshi cracking up in seconds. That's always been Aizawa's approach. Sexuality, gender, marital status, other, other, other. He has to write it in extra on the forms a lot, but seems like the record takers have gotten the hint. When they were busy identifying quirks, a long time ago, when Aizawa was about four years old, the thought of mentalism was niche, and ill thought of at that. No one would have gone out of their way to establish if his erasure quirk had anything to do with mentalism. So Aizawa never stopped to think about it. Until now. Jeez, teach. Hitoshi's mirth recedes to a trickle, 
the barest hints of a chuckle in his tone. Guess even you have blind spots, huh? Aizawa rapidly reconsiders a lot of things he thought he knew about himself. Guess so. When the knock on the door shakes Aizawa from an entirely new world he's been grappling with for what feels like hours, but has barely been half of one, he's had about all the expansion the borders of his mind can take. For now. Unlike Hitoshi, who waited to be told to come in, the door starts to open without further warning. Dr. Awaya, are you ready to... Her other appointment, namely Sakachi, stands awkwardly in the halfway open door and says, Oh. I'll be with you in just a moment. Awaya replies with a quick glance past Hitoshi's shoulder at the headlight struck detective before returning to dwell on Aizawa and Hitoshi. Is that enough to keep you too busy? It's nothing world-shattering, at least on paper. Strange eye puzzles involving infinite shapes, visualizing a radio, then trying to tune into a frequency. That particular test Aizawa's been sensing himself miss, but apparently has the capability to develop, just like you'd train a muscle or a quirk under any other circumstance. A lot of people have active quirks a lot of people have active quirks with accompanying passive abilities. Aizawa's have just been hidden until now by a curtain of not me and stigma of mentalism that made him overlook it all these years. Oh yeah. Hitoshi replies confidently. He's the star student here after all. Aizawa's the grown adult in remedial classes still trying to learn his ABCs. And they still got a killer to hunt, much much less mentalist homework, or whatever the hell you want to call it. As I was not sure what to make of any of it, so he defaults to pragmatism and shoves everything he's been given to take on right into the corner of his mind. Thanks, Awaya. This was... Completely devastating, revelatory, amazing, fucking terrifying... Interesting. I hope so. She replies icily, closing her notebook and slipping it into her bag. She stands and Hitoshi remains in her seat, while Aizawa's been standing the whole time. I'll lock my off. I'll lock my office over lunch, so if you wouldn't mind. This compels Hitoshi to stand, and Aizawa wonders if he's feeling waterlogged too. Like the sponge of his brain has been saturated so much, it's a wonder his nose isn't dripping cerebral fluid. Even though he's been in this office many times before, Aizawa feels like there's some bubble of alternative reality encasing him as he leaves the office with Hitoshi at his heels, Awaya bringing up the rear. Like his perception has been altered, some key piece of fundamental information in the fabric of reality that was moved in his conversation with Awaya rebranding himself as something new. Not just interested in mentalist quirks, but in possession of one. Somehow the world when he leaves this office isn't quite the same as the one before he went in. Awaya and Sakachi split away from them in the hallway, having lunch together, by Aizawa's guess, leaving Aizawa and Hitoshi to soak. 
Aizawa has read Dr. Shinso's manifesto cover to cover by now, so he was familiar with much of what Dr. Awaya had to say about the form and function of mentalist quirks as she ran Hitoshi and Aizawa through a series of foundational mentalist training exercises. What was different was how she tailored it to them. Not just to Hitoshi, but with respect to Aizawa too. Things Aizawa had taken as guts or instinct most of his life being more than that. Not thinking about what it really meant, because who had time for such in-depth analysis of how his quirk works? It does work, and for the past 20-something years, that was all Aizawa needed to know. You all right, Teach? Hitoshi jokes when they step into the hallway, Aizawa blinking like he's a cave-dwelling creature coming out under the harsh light of day. Was all that a bit much for you? No, Aizawa answers gruffly. It was, but he's not giving Hitoshi the chance to feel smug about it. We still got a case to work. What do you think this was? Hitoshi retorts cheekily, and he's back to brash and overconfident, but Aizawa isn't convinced. Shioko is getting stronger. That... Shioko's getting stronger. That me oh fuck. Shioko is getting stronger. That means I need to as well. This takes Aizawa like an unexpected tackle during a training exercise. Why? Hitoshi's quirk is strong enough, surely, but perhaps not. You read the letter, didn't you? Hitoshi puts to him bluntly. If she's the true successor, and my ma's the bitch that left him, that makes me the bastard. He quietens for a moment, and Aizawa senses where he's going. I have to be strong enough to take her. You don't. Aizawa settles gently, feeling that urge to take everything on alone, the sure dependability of the self. He sets a hand on Hitoshi's shoulder comfortably the weight of Aizawa's arm hanging as they walk very slowly towards the stairs. I'll be there too. So you need to get your shit together as well, Hitoshi retorts. You saw what she did to that guy yesterday, what she's done to those fucking junkies. There's a flutter of not quite panic, but something very close in Hitoshi's voice. She's trying to become like my dad. And if that doesn't scare the shit out of you, it should. Azawa's hand is still on Hitoshi's shoulder, and he squeezes lightly. I understand. No, you don't! Hitoshi hisses, shaking himself out of Aizawa's grip, putting more space between them. If she's coming for me and Ma, I have to be able to do this by myself. Or what's the fucking point? Hitoshi. Aizawa stops them dead briefly retakes his grip with a double-handed steer on each of Hitoshi's shoulders, squaring up to face Aizawa before releasing the hold that Hitoshi's signaled he doesn't want right now. Respect the bubble. Aizawa knows that much. No one can do everything alone. Bullshit! Look at you! Hitoshi sends back like a frisbee, and there it is. That shining idol of hero worship. Holding up holding Aizawa up as something much greater and more infallible than what he is. No, he shakes his head. 
I'd be nothing without the people who support me. There's so many of them, too. Too many to count. Hisashi's first and foremost, but all the others who have done so much to keep Aizawa on the brink of disaster trajectory he's maintained just this week alone. Just this week, let alone the years before that. You work alone, Hitoshi says churlishly, eyes downcast from Aizawa's gaze. And you're strong enough to protect those people in return. Not always, Aizawa counters. If only he were strong enough to protect all those people. Reading the air right, he hopes, Aizawa reaches up and takes Hitoshi by the shoulders again. He isn't shaken off, so maybe he's in the clear. And I've got you, so I don't work alone anymore. This is it, one of the most important lessons Aizawa's ever had to learn, much less teach to others. If you need help, Hitoshi, you have to ask for it. Fuck knows it's taken Aizawa long enough to grasp that, and even then he doesn't always manage to keep that rule for survival in his head. Aizawa's arms sit like rails in parallel to each other, resting on Hitoshi's shoulders. It's early days yet, but Aizawa feels like Hitoshi's gaining a little muscle mass, and gauges how Hitoshi's weight leans into him. An unconscious pull inwards, like a magnet jumps to connect when it gets close enough to an opposing pole. He's strong. Hitoshi is so strong for a 16-year-old who's been through what he has. But today's developments have clearly taken more of a toll on him than Aizawa's been properly conscious of. Until now, at least. So he asks a very simple question, hoping for a simple answer. Do you need help, Hitoshi? Hitoshi gazes at Aizawa like he doesn't even know where to start. The darker ring of deep violet that encircles the brighter purple of his irises, marking the boundary of darkness as it sits against the light. Everyone is made up of both. Heroes just have a lot more of one than the other. It's with tentative fear-come-gratitude that Hitoshi softly answers. I think so, 